welcome to the Geek Night Inn, episode 54. I'm your host, Laura. I'm here as ever this week. I am with Kate. Hi, sorry, I'm eating. <laughs> You're eating sorbet. I just put like a massive thing of sorbet in my mouth just as you spoke, so hi! Um, and no one else, it's just me and Kate this week. And sorbet. And, and the sorbet. The sorbet is the third cast member. Yes, uh, sorbet, what do you think about geeky topics? Very informative. Did you hear that? That was very informative. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go the opposite direction. I was going to make a joke about how rude of Sorbet to come on the show and then not even say anything. But it's usually being eaten by me. That's that's a pretty grim, grim way to, to make it onto a show. It's like, oh, I am on a show because I'm being eaten. Do you want to hear a really, really gross food fact? M- maybe. Do I? Well, it's kind of like content warning for kind of ickiness, but it's not majorly gross. Figs um, aren't vegan. No. And I was like, how are figs not vegan? They're fruit. Yeah. The way figs are fertilised is a wasp climbs in and then, like, dies in it. <gasps> and then oh. the fig kind of cannibalises... Not cannibalises, because it's not in itself. The fig, like a Venus flytrap, kind it of... It digests the yeah. wasp. Oh. I know. How? Co- I was like, that's really cool. That that is That is a science fact I never knew. And that being said, I never thought about the fact that eating a Venus flytrap also wouldn't be vegan. No, it wouldn't. Although I don't know why you'd eat a Venus flytrap. Okay. But, no, um... I don't know, but... <laughs> but mm, <laughs> Venus flytrap a la carte. Lovely. Shut up. Just but... in principle, it's a plant that wouldn't be vegan. The person who told me is a vegan or their partner is a vegan and expected me to be like grossed out like, oh, the poor wasp. And I was just like, that's disgusting. I'm never eating a fig again. I never eat figs anyway, but that's if like I not... needed an excuse to never eat a fig, that's yeah. it. It's kind of just like... Oh, digested wasps. Lovely. No wonder they're so delicious. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've had little bits of geeky weeks to talk about this week. Do you want to start us off with something this week, Kate? Well, I have like a properly full on geeky, very mainstream. Yeah, you have so much mainstream geeky stuff to talk about this week. <laughs> I'm I'm losing my hipster credentials, I'm afraid. Yeah, you've you've outshone me. I have like two kind of geeky things and then you're just like oh, i did this video game and this thing and this thing <laughs> i i'm like a hardcore gamer now but basically i have finally finally after oh i think i think it was like august i started playing so i finally finished assassin's creed 2 i was hoping you would just say you finished assassin's creed so i could be like you know yeah the new one right <laughs> I was saying to there's a couple of people at work who also play games too. Yeah. Kind of go, oh, I finished this, or I'm playing this, and talk yeah. about it. And I, you know, I'm really. They were like, oh, you're excited about Syndicate, and I was like, yeah, I'm excited about Syndicate. Like it looks really good, but it's gonna be years <laughs> play it. Like because I just kind of, I'm. I just enjoy my games and I enjoy playing them at my pace. And I mean, the past week I have played a lot of games and especially if I'm working late, I will generally play a lot of video games because when I get home, I have the television to myself. But um, yeah, so I finished Assassin's Creed. I kind of blitzed probably like the last 20% of it. Um, It was really good. It was, you know, it takes itself way too seriously, which I love. Um, You know, it gets so into it, you know, like, oh, my goodness, this is happening. And you're just like, this is weird. Just wait until you get to all of the animus stuff, uh, the outside of the animus stuff in Assassin's Creed 3. Because if you think... Yeah, I did. And that was... Yeah, it's... stuck on that. I remember Mm. I got stuck in one of the bits where you're in... um... Astergo Astergo yeah Yeah, you're in the offices and I got stuck at one point because I'd killed like the one person well like all all of the um, 
taking itself too seriously at the end of Assassin's Creed 3 gets turned up mm-hmm. to like 15 out of 10. Oh, that was, and you have to run around a blimmin' um, the temple for ages. So I'm really excited about the movie, though. <laughs> I don't like Michael Fassbender at all, but he is a very good actor, and I'm very excited about I want to see the movie with my brother-in-law, who loves Assassin's mm. Creed, and there's also a load of us at work who play it, who are like, yeah, we're so excited for the movie. It does look really good. And the movie does lend itself very, very much to being a film. Yeah. One th- one thing I will say, and just slight side topic, we'll get back to Assassin's Creed in a, se- a second. I really like when there is an actor that you hear announced for, a f- like, see clips off for a film, and you're like, I don't like that actor, but I'm gl- they they are the right person for that mm. role. Because I, I, mean, re- I recently had this with, um, oh, what's the person who's playing the Joker in Suicide Squad? Jared Leto. Jared Leto. You know that I don't like Jared Leto. I hate Jared Leto. I wrote a very lengthy feature for you once upon a time about me not liking Jared Leto. You are probably famous. Like, on your gravestone, it'll be like, hated Jared Leto. Like, there are a few actors who I dislike in roles as much as Jared Leto. I saw, like, five seconds of him as the Joker in that Suicide Squad trailer, and I was like, you know what? You've sold me. I, I don't care that you have damage written on your forehead. You're clearly the right person for this job. I'm, so, I mean, yeah. DC and stuff I never get along with, but I will go and see Suicide Squad because it has Will Smith in it. Yeah. Um, it has, oh, what is her name? Oh, Google, Google, Google. The, the person who's, Neighbors. is she the person who's playing? Um... Margot Robbie. Margot yeah, Robbie. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Neighbors. Yeah. Um, and of course, Viola Davis. Yeah. It, I'm like I generally hate the film, but because I am in a position where I can watch it for free, I will do so. Um, which I haven't done for Spectre. I never <laughs> will. I'm being quite principled on that. But I am. I don't know who the character Michael Fassbender is playing because it's not Desmond, is it? No, like, I don't think so. I... Desmond Tutu, and <laughs> which would be amazing. Let's be honest. Um, but I don't know if the character Michael Fassbender is playing comes up in the later game. I don't think so. I think is he completely he, made up. As I understand, he is a he's playing a new character who is a new person going into the uh, into the oh, animus yeah. for a new reason. That. Because would yeah. you really want to see a movie of Desmond? He is so boring. Yeah, he is kind of terrible. He's, he's almost so generic. as he's almost as bad as the male protagonist of Syndicate. Oh, and so I went there. Generic, like because I mean the characters that you play in the anime, it's like um, Connor and you know obviously like Ezio are supposed to be incredibly, incredibly interesting. But even then, I found Ezio auditory like he was funny, but he was like, like you're not an appealing person. Like the stuff you do is cool, but then you could argue. I mean, there's been a lot of you know, like Tomb Raider and stuff like that, famously, um, of movies made of video games. But video game characters, would you say, especially as someone who's kind of, you know, an expert on video games, would you say that video game protagonists are supposed to be a little bit dull or malleable, at least, so that you can imprint and do like a self-insert? It depends on the kind of game, but yes, that is largely a reason for a lot of uh, bland-ish protagonists. But you need to be able to think, this is me, and yeah. if they are too different to anyone, if they're like completely out there, um, you could argue that uh, the game's creators will think... Like, on um, the net, the game that I'm playing at the moment, Advanced Warfare, I'm finally there! I'm finally there! <laughs> Um, he's so boring and all of the other characters are really interesting and I'm like you're the dullest person ever but then I have to be him so it's like well I'm interesting so therefore he's <laughs> kind of interesting 
you can pretend there's a lot of subtext just that you're reading into yourself going yeah. on with the character. But I mean, I really, yeah, I enjoyed the end of um, Assassin's Creed. I much, I can see kind of where they went with Assassin's Creed 3, because obviously that was the first one I played. Um, so I can see why they went much more open world, but I hated the mm. parts of um, Assassin's Creed 3 where you just had to run for like 20 minutes to get to where you were supposed to. Um, that was partly because I didn't understand how fast travel worked. <laughs> I was like, oh, what is this carriage? I just have to run forever. Oh, the, the game I've been playing this week, I did the same. I spent the first like six hours not understanding how fast travel worked. So I've been, yeah, I spent most of Assassin's Creed 3 in the wilderness, um, like killing rabbits. But although, I, I mean, I can see like the, the similarities between um, like the two games and I can understand like why they picked what they did to keep and why they picked what they did to get rid of mm. but i found that i was better at combat in the first one and sorry in the in assassin's creed 2 probably because i spent a bit more time in the training area whereas i don't really remember getting any training in combat in assassin's creed 3 so it was that old school press all the buttons pretty much there's like one scene on a boat near the beginning i think of three where they're like hey there's a bunch of people stood around you making you fight someone uh, learn really quickly. Whereas you get like the proper training and you can go back and train. So as I got more like proficient with the controls, mm. I would go back to the training area by the house in in Assassin's Creed 2 and like be like, okay, so I've, I've completely mastered the basics. Now I want to be like cool about it and sly about it. And I really enjoyed that. Mm. Um, I'm going to definitely go back and play more of 2 and like complete all the challenges and stuff like that and like collect all the um, bits and bobs. But... Um, and I am like really pleased I'm pleased that I've completed it and I really enjoyed it and then obviously three is different like you kind of carry on with the storyline from in three of Desmond but I don't know if you ever go back to Ezio no oh R.I.P. yeah the, basically you stick with Desmond and you get like a few bits well, of Desmond's boring. story at the beginning right. middle and end but otherwise it's all like here is your new guy uh have fun being a pirate kind of well that's the thing everybody is saying play black flag play black flag play black flag but what i want to do is i don't want to jump too too far ahead no, you be really you, disappointed with one yeah. i i would say that like you, playing assassin's creed 3 to completion first before black flag is a really smart idea because you'll see the piratey, boaty stuff in 3 and be like, oh, this is a nice yeah, idea that I'm, yeah. I'm left wanting more of. I didn't and really like that so much. Everyone was like, oh, Black Flag is so everything. I didn't think it was the best thing in the world, but I liked it as a way of like breaking up the pace. So yeah, that it felt would, like you're doing something different. I would go back and um, mess around with the, uh, like the extra missions you can do, the seafaring stuff. But I've, pl I've played 3. Now I've finished two, I'm going to play one because I like to complete things. Um, and also just because I do like to analyse things, I'm kind of interested to see how, you know, what they started with. But I don't want to go yeah. too, too, too far ahead and then go back to one and be like, well, this is rubbish. But to give myself a break from Assassin's Creed, I am on Call of Duty. Woo! 
Yeah, which of the modern warfares is this the first? No, this is advanced warfare. Oh, advanced I warfare. I think <gasps> I've played all of modern warfare. I've definitely played two and three. I can't remember if I've finished modern warfare, but I've played ghosts. I've played black ops two and three. Uh, sorry, one and two, and I'll play three in like a so year. This is something. this is the 2014 one. You're like, yeah, I, I know. You're only like 12 months behind on Call of Duty now. Woo! But I'm loving it. Like one of the girls at work who kind of is casual like me she was like you're gonna love advanced warfare play it play it play it and then i was like yeah i'll get there i'll get there and then i started playing it and i was like this is amazing this is the one that like near the beginning of the single player there's a point where you uh, press a button to pay your respects yeah! to someone yep yeah. press x to pay respects i did that i giggled and mum kind of looked at me and i was like it's it's funny okay mum, it's funny like it's about 12 years too late but it's still funny it's only it's only a year too late you, you you're almost you're like within memory's reach of the meme the exosuit thing where you can like boost jump yeah because this is the sort of futuristic one cool like the storyline is kind of predictable like but i like the storyline because most of the time the stories can be very like yeah fuck yeah like team america style whereas this one is like quite anti-privatization of the mis. oh my god i just ran out yeah sorry (laughs) <laughs> anti-privatization because it's got that guy from house of cards in it and he's like, like i'm gonna turn this all into a privatized corporate like country Meh. i knew kevin spacey was in it because like that was kind of the big oh kevin spacey's in it when it came out his voice maybe i just don't know his voice very well but he looks he is you know you can tell it's kevin spacey but i didn't i didn't think his voice I was like, I that could have been anyone, to be honest. But maybe I just, you know, haven't been on the phone to Kevin Spacey very long. I do it, <laughs> you know, in our late night chats. You haven't watched enough series of um, House of Cards yet, too. House of Cards. The Cause... only thing I really watched with Kevin Spacey is a film called K-Pax, which is quite good. Um, House of Cards is the only thing of him with him in that I am really like up to speed on. My sister really likes it, and it's it's on my list eventually. Like on my deathbed, I'll watch it. But um, that and Orphan Black, but. They like it was so, like spoiler alert. Kevin Spacey is people, and it was so obvious because you don't like a big name like that does not get involved in a video game unless a they're going to be the main character, which he kind of is, um, and b they're going to have like a big twist. And when you saw him, it was like, oh, I wonder who's going to be evil. And then it was like, oh, you're evil. So I'm probably I don't know. I seem to be doing, have done quite a lot of missions, but I don't know how long the game is. I've been playing it like this week and I'm in I'm stuck at the moment they've just like been captured and I'm stuck mm-hmm. on a bit where I keep getting shot because I have no guns but I'm just really enjoying like all the the um the gadgets and stuff and I'm enjoying like um yeah the ta- the threat grenades where you can throw them and it kind of highlights where everyone is I'm like that's so cool so and the smart grenades and stuff like that I'm really really enjoying and the EMP grenades and it's just fun to be like yeah I'm so cool I'm running around killing people like terrorists and stuff and like oh I'm such a badass and then I'm actually just sat in my pajamas. <laughs> um, now see yeah that's that's the same sort of thing that I really like about the Call of Duties like every time one comes out I'll just play through the single player I don't really touch mm. the multiplayer at all. It's what- not I mean I've got some mm. friends that play um, Call of Duty so I might do it with them um like at some point yeah but it's definitely Mm. not my priority i I will give you one warning um and try and remember this for like next year when you get around to this year's one of black ops 3 um black ops 3 did come out on the ps3 the ps3 version doesn't have the single player what 
Yeah. Because wow. they're tr- because they're trying to get people like to encourage people to move to like the PlayStation Four. Oh yeah. Uh, the PlayStation Three version came out. It's got the multiplayer. It doesn't have the single player. That's so so that's just like, my warning. Don't go buying Black Ops Three for the PlayStation Three thinking that oh, you'll get your single player. How bizarre! It's so weird that like I suppose it, you can kind of compare it to video and DVD. Mm. and when they were still straddling those things but they're never whereas video and dvd everybody went from video to dvd some people aren't gonna go to playstation 4 and then by the time everyone is there'll be a playstation 5 it's entirely possible but this is this is their way of trying to push people to make that jump is to be like hey you mainly play it for the uh single player you're going to have to get the next generation console. Yeah, that I know there are a lot of people saying about how that you had to do the massive update and it wouldn't work. Oh, yes. Like the... that. Which you can imagine would be really annoying, you know, if you sat down and you're like, yeah, I got my game. And then, because a lot of people will be getting it for Christmas. And then it's like, oh, no, you don't have your game just yet. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's. It is the world that video games are moving to. Huge amounts of digital downloads to make things work because everything's broken. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it for you for video games this week? I think so. Okay. Um, I can't think of any other video games. I played a bit of Tetris, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll talk a little bit about my two video yeah, games from this week. Games. Now we've done the uh, the AAA games. Yeah, my, my AAA indie games uh, this week. I've been playing Danganronpa 2 Goodbye Despair. So Goodbye Despair, wow. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know the Danganronpa series, it is a visual novel which basically means that most of what you're doing is reading text and like seeing still images of characters while a story happens. And then you do a little bit of gameplay in the middle and then it goes back to like, ah, do the story again. And this one is about, it's kind of like a, um, like a hunger games type scenario. Um, a group of like late teenage kids in Japan have all been told that they're going to go to this prestigious school and everyone is like the top of their field for that the particular thing they're good at and it's an invite only school and people who you know get through this school are guaranteed success in life so this class of 15 or 16 people or however many it is turn up and they get to the front door of the school and suddenly blank no idea what's going on they're suddenly inside the school uh, all of the walls, are, like the windows, are bolted shut. There is no way out of the building. No, it, to be fair, like my school mm. was built by, um, oh, what are they called? G G four S, the prison. Oh prison. yes. <laughs> so my school looked like, like it genuinely looked like a prison. The layout of it, um, it kind of had the upper floor and the lower floor, and the upper floor had like, um, it had like a a, a balcony kind of. <laughs> so it genuinely yeah. did look like a prison. <laughs> Well, basically, like, once these kids are in this school, they are basically told, hey, um, the only way any of you are going to get out of here is to kill someone else. Again, sounds familiar. Yeah, it's basically like, uh, but the thing that makes this slightly different is if one of that group of of kids kills another, a trial then happens and all of the remaining alive students have to work out who committed the murder. What? This sounds so complicated. Okay. It kind of also sounds like I'm a celebrity. Yeah. The the way that the voting works is like, once they've all like inspected the crime scene and tried to work out what happened, if they can work out who did the murder, 
that person who did the murder gets killed. If they fail to work out who did the murder, everyone but the killer dies. What? And the this killer the and the, ki- and, the killer, and the killer gets to go free. And that's the only way to get out is to successfully commit a murder and get away with, go- it. And get away with it. And everyone else will get killed and you get to leave. Did you ever play Wink Murder at school? Yep. Yeah, this is like hardcore Wink Murder. Yeah, it is hardcore Wink Murder. So the whole idea here is that like slowly, like every time you, like you're never the murderer and you have to every time work out who was the murderer so that I don't die for getting it wrong. And I've been having a lot of fun with it. I'm currently playing the second one, which is much the same premise but like a different group of like stereotyped students. So this one I'm playing at the moment is like, there is the ultimate video game player and the ultimate chef child and the ultimate photography student. And they are their own set of over the top, uh, top archetypes. Um, every so often they'll get given some kind of uh, motivation to kill each other. Cause initially everyone's like, no, we'll just wait this out. We'll have a nice happy life here. We'll be fine. And then, like, the people running this might be like, oh, everyone, here's a photo of your fa- of, of family and friends uh, who were all being held hostage. Kill someone or we'll kill them. And, like, trying to convince these kids to kill each other. It's, it sounds really dark. The, um, the over-the-top stereotypes of these characters are make for very silly interactions sometimes. They're a little bit, like, the opposite to what you would expect out of this kind of narrative. Um... I think it's incredibly well written. And then, yeah, I, I am currently working through that. So that's been some of my free time this week. So what what, com- what company, what country is this um, game from? It's from Japan. Oh, okay. Because Jap- yeah. um, the Battle Royale was Japanese. Wasn't yeah, it? Battle Royale, which was the thing that, um, the thing that, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to focus and someone's putting their head on my head. Well, uh, I just tweeted Tilly saying you're making noise because she's rustling around. Come and say hello. And she was yeah. like, oh, hello. Hello. Hi. You can be heard on the recording. Yes, I know. Kate told me. (laughs) Um, It's so meta. Anyway, um, Battle Royale is the thing that Hunger Games was kind of based on. And much like the Battle Royale being a bit more sort of uh, a bit more violent and in your face than the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. uh, This, again, is the same. But it's um, it does a lot of things where like violence is always depicted um, fairly tastefully actually in terms of like um not showing gratuitous detail more than necessary um blood is highly stylized in like neon colors so that it's like it's not your traditional red of blood interesting like how um how things we view things as less like oh if it's bright then it's less real so it's okay yeah like they they do a lot of things in terms of framing bodies and um the way that things are abstracted that it's it never feels like it's too gruesome even when it's like oh this person's being like i don't know um killed by being repeatedly barraged by baseballs yeah it's like with call of duty there's a couple of bits where people's heads have been stood on and it's kind of like it does elicit more of a reaction from me than just like shooting someone um but i think it is and it like that is you know when people talk about the dangers of video games i mean some of it is a bit you know ban this sick filth but there is an argument to be made that once you, when you've like been on for say an hour an hour and a half and you've killed like 400 people it's so you do become desensitized to it mm-hmm. and it's you know it's not the same as actually doing it of course yeah but um you know in no way i mean like 
the amount of horrible things I've done on video games. Whereas, you know, I would get squeamish if, like, I, I if I walk into someone, I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, but well, like, I was on a game, I'm like, I don't yeah. give a fuck. I I had my first time in a while of a video game sort of eliciting that response from me, which was um was Undertale, which is this game I've been playing for a while, where like you can go through without killing anyone, and it's this really sweet story, and it's lovely. Or you can do what I've been doing recently, where you go through and kill everyone. Like, regardless of who they are or what they've done, everyone dies. You wander around areas repeatedly until you're sure that no monster has survived, and then you continue. And it's a kind of horrible way to play this game. And the first time that it really, like, sunk in, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing something horrible, aren't I? was when, like, one of the characters who, when you play it a different way, is, like, one of the villains, Mm. stands up to stop you. And, like, the the text at the bottom of the screen for, like, the character appearing says, um, a heroine appears. And it, like, really pushes her as, like, she is stalling for time so that, like, the world can get evacuated so you can't kill anyone else. Wow. And it really suddenly, like, made me stop and have this moment of, what am I pushing hey, am to do? I because the like, bad guy? <laughs> it's like, well, I knew I was the bad guy, but my goodness, the game really is pointing out that I'm the bad guy. It's like, I am fighting over and over and over to try and kill this person so that I can go and kill those people who are fleeing from me because they're terrified. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am killing a lot of people, aren't I? Oh. I find with... um. With stuff like Call of Duty, yeah, you do get desensitized to it and stuff. And then, but like, I keep accidentally killing civilians in um, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> like, the first time I ever played it, I did kill quite a oh, few civilians. Goodness, yeah. Well, like, have you ever played, uh, which one was it? Modern Warfare 2? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Yes, because that has a mission called No Russian. In which you're in an air. Yes, yes. See, I just and, like mm. I don't know. It's like I um because that's the other thing with advanced warfare. You don't get the. I don't believe I got the warning where it's like, would you like to play certain levels? Mm. I can't remember if I got that one because I know with with that one it's like you can skip certain levels um, that you don't want to do. And most of it, you know, it's cutscenes and it's stuff that's not really relevant. Yeah. It doesn't like, matter that much. I th- I think that one's really like a really interesting level to look at just in terms of reminding people what they're doing in that kind of regard because it is like hey in this level you're not gonna get penalized for murdering civilians like how do you it is it's kind of asking you so how do you feel about that do you mind it's like you you are in a situation right now where in order to fit in like the biggest thing you could probably do to fit in is kill civilians to be fair nobody looks at you you could easily just not no you know that yeah but the thing is you don't know that going into the level do you true true like going into the level all you know is i am with a bunch of terrorists i need them to believe that i am also a terrorist they are about to shoot a bunch of civilians and that's that's a really interesting moment like just before that level starts where you're like is this game really going to expect me to do this i'm trying to think about i remember when it was on and I remember I was with um, I was with someone and I was like, oh, this is the you know the bit that everyone talks about. This is like the controversial bit. Let's watch it to see what the fuss is about, kind of thing. And it is kind of in terms of the game, I understand like plot wise, it makes sense. Mm. But they were doing it, in my opinion, to be controversial. 
well, uh, Activision or whoever. I do not think it was a hundred percent necessary. I think you know I'm. Some... Yeah, but there's a lot of things in narratives that aren't one hundred percent necessary, and it's only but, when they're controversial yeah, yeah. that we question whether they should have been in there. And but like, if we showed that in hmm. Spooks or something, that's yeah. I mean, Spooks I think is quite a good example. That's the sort of thing that happens in stuff yeah. like Spooks or like I mean, I don't know, Luther maybe, um, where you do have to do bad stuff to yeah. kind of get the bad guy. Well, like season two of Twenty Four is entirely about like, yeah. oh, Jack Bauer pretend to be one of this group of bad people so you can find out where the nuclear bomb is so um, like yeah i think there is a huge difference and i think having that's kind of it's not really a trigger warning but like do you want to do yeah. that but i i think like that's that's in some ways what video games are really good at is giving you those situations and then making you answer those questions of okay you've watched say spooks where someone's been asked to do this and you're like oh yeah i get why they did it but would you do it yourself? Here, is, here is the controls. Make a decision. I think it's very interesting to, if you do look at, especially um, older generations and that kind of you know pole clutching ideology, that they will be okay with children. Well, not children, but with teenagers and young adults um, watching these horrible things. But then it's, it shows how differently we view video games. I think, and also that we do not. I mean, we're having this discussion, and it's quite academic, and it's quite an intelligent discussion but when the video game like when modern warfare came out you didn't get any of these kind of like families of america going well it's good that we're having these discussions they were just like no no video games are evil blah 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 you know video games are for stupid people as well i I somewhat feel like um that may not have been the right example to use for like getting that discussion going like in a wider context but i think that we do have examples now in video games we can use for that same effect to be like look how video games can have a bigger effect by giving you agency. Mm. Um, And without spoiling too much, like my go-to example for this for a while has been the ending of the second episode of Life is Strange. Oh yeah, you've talked about this. Yeah, which like I've talked a little bit and tried to dodge around spoilers, but I think like that is currently my go-to example of like, hey, look, this is a medium of storytelling where we can have a greater impact by putting difficult situations into someone's hands. I think video games can take you to some dark places and people are only realising that in the last sort of five years. Well, it's it's much like comic books and grabbing graphic novels and that whole attempt to rebrand in that it's trying to get away the, from the the stigma that the name like video game has of it being games of silly, light-hearted, fun things for children rather than it being like a storytelling medium that could be used to tell stories of value to different groups. I think, no, I agree with you. Mm. And I do think it is kind of it to increase value for the medium. But also just when you've got people who have been playing video games for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, it is kind of like, what can we do with it now? Where can we go? What can we do? Yeah. In the same way that we have in history, people taking books, you know, we have gothic literature. I mean, we have dark literature going back millennia. Oh, goodness, yeah. But people going, right, we have this medium. Where can we go with it? What can we do new? And maybe video games in the last five years is kind of stumbling upon that and is going in like a thousand different directions. And this happens to be one of the directions, you know, you've gone in kind of the really fun, um, kind of not just family friendly, but fun and very like funky stuff. And you've got like little big planet and then obviously like the Mario. I mean, I had Mario galaxy on the Wii and it's Mm. so bright. And so, Oh, it is one of the best. It's really nice. It was Mario galaxy two. And I had it, 
um i got it and my sister was like this looks rubbish and i wasn't very good at it but my sister was amazing on it at it and when i was studying i used to go and study for my gcses and then come back down and she'd be playing it and would play together (laughs) but it was like you've got that kind of the other end of the spectrum where it's so bright and so fun and so warm and fluffy and then you've got like the complete opposite where it's like how fucked up can we make this how how messed up a situation can we put you through have fun asking like serious philosophical questions and like i remember the film ex machina that came out Mm. this year um it asks like philosophical questions and i think in my review of it i said like it's asking questions but it's the sort of questions that came in like philosophy papers 10 years ago like these questions about um artificial intelligence have been answered asked and answered again and again and again yeah Whereas this stuff with, um, you know, that's in film format. So you're watching the discussion being played out. Whereas with games, you are an active, you cannot get away from being part of the discussion and the choices that you make. Yeah. Well, like in order to very quickly like rattle off a couple of the top of my head from like the indie space that I think have done this really well in the last few years. uh, Papers, please. um, Mm, Yes. But the thing with papers, please, that was like, Mm. It was like, oh, I'm going to die. But I was like, well, I know it's a game, so I don't care. Like, if this was real, I'd be like, oh, my God, take my job. But I know it's a game. Okay, okay. Well, it's like the... uh, Another example, again, in the sort of war-torn aspect, uh, This War of Mine. Okay, no, I didn't. Which, uh, This War of Mine is a game where you are playing as a group of survivors in a house um, in a war-torn country. Mm. And a lot of it is just, like, going... Like, briefly leaving your house as groups or solo, trying to... Um, trade resources, uh, find resources in various places. But sometimes you'll have little environmental situations come up. Um, and one that I came across very early playing through that game was I was looting a house and... As you do. Yeah, and I realised that on the other side of a door, there was a woman being attacked. And I knew that I was on the other side of the door. The attacker did not know I was there. And I hadn't brought any weapons with me on this because I wanted more room to get thing to take items back. Mm. And I had to make a decision of, do I try and go in there and see if I can stop that attacker and save that person? Or do I do the selfish thing and make sure that like, I keep my resources I've got right Mm. now, get them back to the rest of my group and make sure that they can, they can survive another day. Yeah. And it's just putting those moments of like, you've got to make a decision here do something that's quite tough to choose. Whereas if you read that in a book and, you know, you're of and a character in a book did, you know, took decision X or decision Y, you'd you would have something to say about it. But yeah. then it's actually putting you in a position where it's like, well what would you do then? Go yeah, on, make a decision. It's it's making you take the two different opinions you would have and to actively weigh them. Mm-hmm. I like we're having discussion we're having a discussion that I'm sure other people have oh yeah but but we're like the most intelligent so yeah I'm really enjoying getting to have this kind of video game discussion with you yay I studied philosophy and ethics at a up to a level um and I did okay at it like we've kind of struggled through to the end and then obviously with history you know you're you're learning about other people's ethical discussions and then with I think having seen media especially um like uh video like film and television and books try and act out these discussions we do now have in the last 10 20 years it's like well what would you do then and it is i think you know we said about um them trying to push the boundaries on how dark can we go but it's also like well let's ask people these questions let's see what they would do and see how not only how fucked up we can be but how fucked up they can be (laughs) 
and like I um I read a blog quite a lot called Six Pence. It's like mm-hmm. six pence and then like two more e. Hang on, let me find out. Six and then pence with two more e's at the end of pence. Um, dot com, and it's a Tumblr, and it's I think I've spoken about this before. It's amazing. It is, starts is out it the like, number six or the word six? The, uh, the word six. So okay. S i x p e n eee.com and it's a, it started out as a tumblr of just this random like college age woman in the US who studies like paranormal um uh science basically like paranormal friends you know things that are weird this and is an interesting of... left turn <laughs> well it's it's just like a lot of the stuff i see on this fiction is really shush how tell you to shush uh kate says to shush i'm passive aggressively rustling <laughs> If anyone missed that, Tilly is passive aggressively <laughs> rustling in the background of this episode. But there's um basically it's that I'll say she and then I'll go to they, but not because they are non-binary, but because it is plural people. Um, started out as a woman who was just like, oh, here's something interesting I found, and is now this huge kind of website. It's still on Tumblr, mm. but this huge website with um that like now earns money from t-shirts and stuff, and has a huge huge fan base, and basically reposts with always with sources, but kind of aggregates and collates um it, well it says you'll find interesting content that ranges a wide variety of topics but our specialty is in creepy bizarre horror paranormal and science so you know stories of like feral children or odd diseases and abnormalities mm. that have kind of been interesting in the science community um stuff like this one is a cat with vampire fangs <laughs> and then there's also um some weird horseshoe crabs and something about a uh, distant star but also um horror stories like really really scary stories like you know the creepy pasta stuff oh yeah and like the uh can't sleep reddit or don't whatever it's called sleep no more i don't know yeah, i don't you, you'll I, never sleep again basically yeah that kind of thing but um is always some of the stories um that they post is like genuinely just like scary ghosty stuff but some of it is like well what would you do in this situation or like it will have a you know a really really long story and then the end will be a massive twist that kind of subverts your expectations and it's the same thing like I mean I studied in media the convergence of media and the democratization of media of where you know I mean Laura you're a prime example of this you know you there's mainstream media and then there's Laura's media and you've created your own brand that produces you know very different content to what other media. Yeah, pe- people pay me to talk about nerd stuff and then sometimes to thing, review like, butts. On, you know, and people have written articles on yeah. Patreon and essays on Patreon. And you could probably do a dissertation on the damn thing mm. and how it's allowed um, more people from a wider range of backgrounds to produce content that yeah. is read and have a platform. I hate the word platform, but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, it, it's the right word. Yeah, it's like not like Jermaine Greer, no platform, but like an actual platform. And this is an example with this um, woman or like I think there's a few of them now. Like I think she may actually be employing people to do this. Like that's how famous she has become. Like, do you remember the meme Crave That Mineral? No. It was like a blink and you'll miss it. But basically there was um, one of the things she posted was a goat, like a mountain goat that will climb like five miles up a vertical mountain to get this mineral that it really likes and she just posted it with like crave that mineral and then it became a meme and like (laughs) it was in like all buzzfeed and stuff and that's i think one of the things that really boosted her fame but um it's we have all these stories that are asking really difficult questions um that you would you know you do see in horror stories and you do see in other Mm. media but it's just another way of getting all this philosophy 
it, and they are they are philosoph- philosophical and ethical questions and it's the sort of things you do discuss in philosophy and ethics classes but not everybody goes to philosophy and ethics because yeah. to be honest it's pretty fucking boring my sister did a degree in it she will tell you it's boring um and the fact that you can sit on tumblr or sit and play call of duty or sit and play life is strange and have all these questions and actually be doing stuff that some people would consider like phd level mm. um degrees you know uh questions and essays and answers and you can just sit and do it while you're looking at tumblr like i think that's awesome it's really really cool to have this kind of wider access of media indeed and in summary i quite like danganronpa too yes (laughs) (laughs) i kind of collated all of our conversations there we have like all the assassin's creed stuff and all the call of g stuff like yeah that was like the geekiest conversation we've had it is entirely fine i still have one more geeky video game to talk about if you've got time to talk about another video game this though isn't going to be as deep as this no this one's called keep talking and nobody explodes okay so this is a video game that uh you play on two teams one person just by themselves can see a bomb now, you either do this by, like, having that person play on a laptop where no one else can see the screen, or you can wear a virtual reality headset if you've got one so that the bomb's just in front of their eyes and no one else's. And everyone else has a 30-page printout of a bomb defusal manual. The people who can see the bomb defusal manual cannot see the bomb. The person who can see the bomb cannot see the bomb defusal manual. So it's like a bit like Battleship, but not... Kind of. But the the difficulty is, is that you've got your various things to diffuse and it's all about trying to describe sort of abstract elements back and forth. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah. I will try and think of some examples of um, very basic things that came up very early on while playing this. So um, there might be a large red button that says press on it. And someone will have to flick to the page in the book that's about the big button with the word on it. Okay. Check, check the colour of the button. Check the word on the button. And in this case, it might say under that section in the manual uh, how many batteries are on the bomb. So then you've got to go back to the person who's got the bomb. They'll turn the bomb around, count the batteries. Then the person with the manual might say, okay, hold down the button and see what colour light turns on. Then tell me. Then you tell it back to them. And then they've got to tell you, like, okay, let go when... The timer on the bomb has a number five somewhere in it. Um, Some of the more difficult to describe examples back and forth, uh, there's one where you might have a panel that's got a series of four symbols on it. And these symbols are very abstract shapes that have similarities to other shapes you can describe. And they've got to find the four symbols you're describing on a table in order to work out which order to press them in. So I might be trying to describe to someone who's got the bomb diffuser manual what I'm looking at, and it might say, it it might be like, um, it's like a capital letter E, but a curved capital letter E, facing the wrong direction. So facing left rather than facing right. And there's a dot above it that's um, aligned halfway along like the top strut of the capital E. Or uh, there might be one where it's like, it's kind of a cross between a capital letter N and a lightning bolt. And it's about trying to describe these things. Like there will be several things in the bomb manual that l- will look very similar to that. And then yeah. they might it say like, like trying to put together 
Christmas presents. Or like at work <laughs> we have a slashy machine and when it breaks, this is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's... Somebody will have their head <laughs> in the slashy machine. It's like, well, there's kind of like a dial. I think, no, 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 don't touch that. Don't touch that and stuff yeah. like that. And the worst is when it's like someone tells you to do something, you do it. And then they're like, wait, no, I, oh, no, I forgot to ask if you check this thing. And mm-hmm. you've got to like make notations of stuff because like if you're looking at the bomb, you can't make notes while you're doing it. And someone with the manual's got to make notes of what you're doing. And it's a really fun um, multiplayer game in that, like, it gives a lot of, like, let's say you've got the one person using the, doing the bomb thing that, you know, has to have at least some knowledge of, of video games. Mm. But the all the other, you can have as many other people as you want playing with as many manuals around the group as you want. And you can get people who aren't generally involved in video games taking part so long as they can read a set of com- deliberately complex instructions and shout at you like do this do this and it's really fun it's 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 very stressful by the end of yeah, it does this. sound quite it might is it like a, would you say it's like a party game it is definitely designed to be a bit of a party okay. game um i was playing this with someone over skype the other day uh, with um one of my work colleagues joe parlock and basically he was on the other end of Skype reading through this manual. And by the end of it, like the time limit you have and the number uh, will go down and the a number of things you have to diffuse goes up. And by the end of it, we're just like frantically shouting like five seconds left, Joe, what do I do? What do oh, I do? okay. There's a game. I knew this reminded me of something. Okay. There is a game called Break the Safe. It is a very weird board game and <laughs> it was really cool at the time because it used electronics. Um, so basically, uh, this is what the thing says. It's a heart-pounding game of teamwork where your adversary is the relentless ticking of a clock. You're part of elite team who of agents who have exactly 30 minutes to defeat the dangers of EDC, evil guys complex, and five <laughs> four keys necessary to stop the countdown and are the safe. So yeah, you kind of have to move around the board, which kind of looks like a bit like a Cluedo board, and um, find like tools, and then the tools disarm booby traps, and the booby traps have keys underneath yeah. them, and then you have to like go. It takes about thirty minutes to sixty minutes, and um, you then have to put all the keys in the safe, and the safe is like in the middle, and it's just kind of like a big timer, but it makes loads of noise, and yeah. it was like really noisy, but it was so. <laughs> this feels like a very similar vein where it is that that constant pressure of just like time on you yeah it was was real time as well like yeah to put 30 minutes in and it was so scary same with this uh i think the time when i got scared the most was like halfway through playing through this uh, chunk of it i did this week there was a point where um like one of the one of the missions with one of the bombs um it hadn't done this before but like when it got down to one minute left a red a huge red light started flashing in the room ah! i was just like oh no i can't no! deal with this and like the, the uh at one point like the lights turned out in the room so like i was being asked questions by the person with the manual i was like i can't see the bomb i'm really sorry joe i can't tell you what that information is i can't see the bomb right now Stressful games are interesting. Like in Call of Duty, there was a bit where you were in a plane and it was like, you're in a plane. I was like, ah, what am I doing? And mum was watching and I was like, what am I doing? And then I crashed and she just laughed at me. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. And with that, is that a good place for us to wrap up this week? Because we've been going for about an hour, just the I two believe- of us. I know, we're so chatty. Yes, that is oh. me. Right, well, in that case, all that's left to be done, and you, I know you've got a couple of bits left on your list, you can pop them on for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, where can we find you on the internet, Kate? 
the best place to find me at the moment where I'm doing really super cool inclusive beauty blogging is www.mascaraandchill.tumblr.com. If you have any makeup or beauty related questions, come and ask me on there and also requests for posts. I'm doing something for more mature skin this week, hopefully, going to kind of just collate some resources about if you're sort of, you know, in your 30s, 40s and upwards, um, and what kind of makeup you might want to look into. And also trying to do low spoon beauty tutorials and beauty recommendations Ooh. and skincare recommendations, which is super fun and super relevant to me. Yay. <laughs> so... Um- other than that, Laura K. Buzz, you'll find me on most things. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, I'm going to have a lot of content going up because it will be the one-year anniversary of me being a full-time oh, yes! media person as a full-time job. Um, I've got lots and lots of things going up, uh, probably most of interest because we talked about it this week. I have a 90-minute video of me and Joe playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes going up on YouTube.com forward slash Laura K. Buzz if you want to watch that. Uh, Yeah, thank you very much, and we will have another episode for you again next week. Bye.